device with your Bible on it. <clears throat> Let's hold them up. I'm a child of God. I have in my hand the powerful Word of God. It can change lives, heal broken hearts, and save man's soul. And here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today. Speak to me. And thank you for moms. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother. We're in our series, The Bridge, speaking of relationships and the importance of them. We will be in Galatians 6 today, so let's turn there. By way of title, I want us to consider serving one another in love. If you are in a service-driven profession, nurse, church work, full-time, teaching, you understand what this means. We are to serve one another in love because there's times when it's hard to love people that you serve. But we must do it anyway. Moms are the greatest example of serving through love. Children will say some terrible things to their mothers only to recant, say I'm sorry. And for moms, that's usually enough. If you'll say to your mom, I really blew it today, I'm sorry, but I love you, that usually does it. They'll love you back and they'll feed you another time. Because that's the reason you're there anyway, to apologize because you're hungry. And you want something to eat. Amen? Nah, not quite that bad, is it? Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> but in Galatians 5, just flip back a page to Galatians 5, 13 and 14, kind of gives us the basis for what we want to talk about today. When it says, For you are called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word and in the statement, You shall love your neighbor, how? As yourself. As yourself. Now that's a tall order. I've got some neighbors. I don't know that I want to love them the way I love me. One of them has trees growing through my fence. He came over the other day and told me he was going to replace the fence. I thought, well, praise the Lord. It's only been 15 years, but hey, hallelujah. Loving our neighbors herself. Boy, that's a tall order. But the Galatian believers <clears throat> were to be using their Christian liberty to serve one another out of love for each other. And that should be what we do to ourselves today in 2016. So in our Galatians 6, verses 1 through 10, I'm going to hit on four things. Four things that believers should be doing in serving others. Let's get started. Number one, serving the believer who's involved in sin. Look at verse 1. <clears throat> by the way, today's going to be one of those verse by verse, going through ten verses, I want to talk about each verse some application 
to that and then call for an invitation at the end. In verse 1 it says, Brothers, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, so that you too will not be tempted. See, Paul addresses the readers here as brethren or brothers. Now some would say, well, I'm a female, so it doesn't apply to me. Well, that's not true. It applies to you. Brothers, fellow believers... He's talking to genuinely saved people. By the way, when he says man in this text, he's talking about a genetic, excuse me, a generic form. So ladies, you're caught in there. But it says if he's caught in any trespass, either a transgression that's detected or one that has surprised them. Now, how do you get surprised in sin? Well, you get involved in the sin and you forget and don't realize that you're actually involved in the sin until it's too late. That has to be what happens to people who go to the casino. Because they says the casino and they just spend and spend and spend, unless you go to the Buffalo Run up in Miami. They, I mean, you walk in and they give you money at the Buffalo Run because they're debt-free up there. All the rest of them are heavily in debt, but not the Buffalo Run in Miami. I mean, they just touted the other day, Electronic Games, 99.5% payback. Really? Well, then why isn't everyone who's at a casino going to a Buffalo Run casino? Because they're lying, folks. Oh, they wouldn't lie, preacher. Really? They wouldn't lie? Wow. That's good to know. It's good to know. But sometimes we get involved in a sin and we've, gotten, we've blinded ourselves to the sin that we can't see it, so we refuse to deal with it. But we who are spiritual should be seeing that sin and helping our brother or our sister work through it. You who are spiritual... And that word you is a plural form. All of us should be looking out for each other. All of us should be caring about each other. But you know the worst part and the most difficult part about looking out for other people is trying to make sure that I don't have a... When I'm looking at the speck in your eye, I don't have a log in mine. See, our tendency is to judge people based on what we are doing and are not doing, that they're doing this worse than what we're doing. Then my sin is not as bad as your sin. It doesn't matter that you're sinning, it's just it's not as bad. See, I can, I can go to a buffet with you, and you have the capacity to just stop. You'll eat once, and that's it. But if I go to the buffet with you, I don't tend to stop. Like the doctor told me, he said, man, you take them serious when they say all you can eat. So I can't go in those places. I have to stay out of those places. But every time I drive by one, and I even know where they I still remember where they are. I've asked God to erase my memory banks. I don't even know what that is. What is a buffet? Oh, I know. Trust me, I know. Golden Corral is the worst of all. Because what's the first place you go in? You see the dessert bar. 
They have an ice cream machine that's free and clear. You can open it up all you want and just sit there with your mouth on it. I, I, I can't go in there with you. I'll embarrass you with my way I handle the ice cream machine. Never mind. Let's move on. I'm losing the anointing here. But it says, you who are spiritual. Now, that's not a bragging term. It's a point. It's a term of point from where you are in your walk. You're a person who is maturing spiritually within the church and within your life. People are noticing and they see it. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say walk by the Spirit and you'll not carry out the desire of the flesh. You're one of those kind of people. You're one of those uh, Galatians 5.22 people. With the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. That's the type of person you are. That's that spiritual person you're becoming. And so these folks are to help those of us that are struggling. And it says to restore or be in the process of restoration. Suggesting that we're going to come from a former condition into something better. In the spirit of gentleness. And boy, that's so important. Well, I just speak the truth. I just say it black and white. That's the way it is. Yeah, you can do it that way. But boy, lace it with a little bit of gentleness will go a long way. I can pour vinegar down your throat and still accomplish the same thing. Or, I could suggest to you that rather than go to the buffet, why don't we go down this way? Why don't we go over to this restaurant? And I'm buying today. See what I've done? I've averted the problem. I've helped you avert the problem. There's the key. But do it in gentleness, humbleness. Look to yourself. Don't, don't, don't forget, if I've, I'm trying to get a speck in your eye to be noticed, I might have a log in my own. So you will not be tempted. And that's really the key here. I want to help you so that I'm not falling into temptation as well. And I'm hoping that if I help you, someone else is going to come to help me. So believers who are conducting their lives in the Holy Spirit should not only be serving the believer involved in sin, but they should also, according to verses 2 through 5, serve the believer who is burdened. Now, this is an interesting section of Scripture. Let's, let's read it together. Begin at verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not in regard to another. For each one will bear his own load. Well, verse 5 is, you know, circle verse 5, highlight verse 5, underline verse 5, somehow call attention to verse 5. And I'll show you why. So when it says bear, it means we're to help carry. It's the same word used in verse 5. It's a command for all believers and is not limited by you which are spiritual, as was the previous command. Believers are to help other believers carry their burdens. So if somebody's having financial need, we should try to help them meet their financial need. Someone is having a hunger need, we should do something to try to help them feed themselves. Amen? Somebody's thirsty, we should get them something to drink so that they can have something to drink. Now, how many times do I have to do that to the same person? Oh, that's when it get quiet. 
Because, see, our tendency is to enable people to keep doing the wrong things over and over and over and over again. Because they always make the promise, what? I'll never do that again. And as soon as you hand them the money, what do they do? Go do it again. We don't give out money here at the church. If you come with a, with a bill that needs to be paid, if we possibly can, we'll pay your bill. But you have to give me all the information about the bill. And then I pay it directly. You never see it. You don't touch the money. Because I can't trust you that it's going to be spent for the right thing. And I tell them that. I say, I can't trust you that you're going to spend it for the right thing. You'll go off and spend it on something else you shouldn't spend it on. And they just look at you really funny. And then I tell them, if you don't want our help, there's 19 churches in Jinx. Knock yourself out. I haven't had one turn us down yet. <laughs> and then they tell me how much it is. It's only $100. Only when I call and find out it's $500. But they get what I promised I'd give them, and that's $100. So it's tough out there. When it says bear one another's burdens, that's each other's burdens. We need to look within the body of Christ and take care of ourselves. One of the problems of America is that we're taking care of everybody but us. To the tune of $20 trillion. Our current president says that's manageable debt. I don't know what planet he fell off of. Or what wagon drug him 18 miles. But a trillion dollars of debt is not manageable. Sorry. Now, everybody wants to blame our current president. Mm -mm. You've got to go back to Woodrow Wilson and then track forward, and that's where we are. Ain't it fun? This political year is just really nuts, isn't it? It is the nuttiest thing I've ever seen. You got I know how Jesus felt hanging between two thieves. I'm telling you. It's just the craziest thing I've ever seen. But you know what? There's not a political party, there's not a candidate on either side who can change what's happening. There's only one, Almighty God. And until we get on our knees and call out to God and repent as the church, that's where he says to start is at the church, by the way, in Second Chronicles 7.14. Those who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So we need to start at the house. So how do we help lift other people's burdens? Well, there's four or five ways. Number one, we pray for them. Secondly, we can encourage them. Next, we could come to their aid. Or we could just help them in any way that they need. If they need food, we need to try to give them food. Uh, we're, we're part of the One Harvest Food Program. And so we have boxes of food here. And if you're hungry and you have a way to prepare food... We'll give you a box of food. It'll last you several weeks. There's enough in that box to last you several weeks. But again, most people who come by wanting food want money to buy food. Nope. I'll take them down the street and buy them food. But when you give them the money, you, have, you lose out on the opportunity to really help them, perhaps in the way they need help. Have you considered that there might be a better way of doing what we've been doing. 
And then it says, and therefore fulfill. That's an imperative. And therefore fulfill. So do your very best. But what if they keep coming back and 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 just make you feel like a two inch nail because you won't keep helping and 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 giving money 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 it never ends never ends. Says fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love your neighbor as yourself. It's not that you didn't help. Verse three: For if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Verse three introduces an explanation of what Paul was writing about in verse two: bearing each other's burdens, and in this way fulfill the principle established by Christ to love your neighbor as yourself. If anyone thinks He's something. I've met a lot of people who think they're something. I've had a lot of people come and quote Scripture to me about why I'm supposed to help them and give them something. And you try to put a verse back out there that tells them that they ought to stand on their own two feet, and they call you a hypocrite. Even Adam and Eve, they were given, they had the best welfare program I've ever seen. God said, eat anything you want in this whole garden. Anything you want. (coughs) But, don't eat of the fruit of this tree. One simple thing they had to do. And what did they do? No, I'm going to eat what I want. And so, what did God God's program changed from abundance and freedom to you got to work for it now. Can you imagine Eve having a baby and not having any pain? Ladies, can you imagine not having any pain at all? Yeah, I ain't got no pain. They shot me with drugs, preacher. <laughs> can you imagine doing it without the drugs? No. It says, and he tells Adam, he says, you're going to do that by the sweat of your brow. So you're going to have to work. Young people today don't get that, do they? 28 and under, they don't get it. They flat don't get it. If anyone thinks he's something, then the essence of it is, look look what it says in that verse. When he is nothing, he deceives himself. Look at verse 4. But each one must examine his own work and then he will have a reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. Although it is right for us to help other believers with their burdens, we need also to carry our own burdens. There comes a point when if I ask for help and I get it, I should never come back and get it again. I should find a way to get on my feet and take care of myself and quit freeloading off of people. You see, moms, you push us out there to do that. Dads force you to go go work. I never will forget my boys when I told them they had to start earning their way. Man, it was like shooting them in the head. Now, the biggest mistake I ever made 
was to have my two oldest children buy a car together. Because one of them couldn't drive yet. But he paid his half. He had a permit. I had to go riding with him. But the oldest one, he thought that was my car. Because he had a driver's license and he could go anywhere he wanted to go, anytime he wanted to go, because he had a driver's license. And so the other one, who had paid his money, had to sit on the porch and watch. And it wasn't a pretty sight. So I learned a good lesson as a dad. Don't do that again. <laughs> but they've grown up and, and with their mother's help and teaching, they've all become very productive young men. We're so very proud of them. And I'm so very proud of their mother. You know, I buy her stuff every year and people say, well, she's not your mother. What kind of a stupid statement is that? She's the mother of my children. I can't give her enough gifts. I can't. I can't not give her enough gifts because she's raised three boys and, and they turned out as good as they did. Of course, the smart thing about them is they did what I did. I'm, they married good wives. And I did the same thing. So I'm grateful for the mother of my children. But he says, but each, let each of you examine his own work. Examine his own work. Boasting to himself alone. Not in regards means that we will have the rejoicing in himself rather than some other person. He will have the boasting in himself and not in another. Or he will have pride in himself and not in another Look at verse 5, key verse. For each one will bear his own load. For, the word for introduces the explanation of verse 4. Each one means every person will bear, the same word used in verse 2, his own burdens which he himself must bear in this life. If somebody helps you, be grateful. Say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I get so tired of young people who expect you to give them something because they just show up. Work! We ain't got nothing to do. Find something! Sitting at a garage sale. What kind of work do you do at a garage sale? You sit and watch people come and give you money to take away your fine treasures. There's flower beds that need to be weeded. Go pull some weeds! Oh, no, I ain't going to do that. Then they, they come late when everything's set up. Then they leave early before everything's to be taken down. And they expect full compensation. For what? For what? You live in a house and you let your dad or your mom mow the grass because you're so lazy you sit in there under the air conditioning during the summer. Get off your rear end and go out there and mow the grass. Wouldn't it be great if they fed you based on what you produced? Ha! Most of you would be dead by now. Hey, you know it's true. Come on. Come on. Let's ask our coaches what they deal with. Oh, my goodness. Man, when I was playing football, they'd grab your face mask and rally your head around, throw your neck out of joint. 
and then kick you while you're laying down there crying. Well, nowadays, you, you can't offend them by saying powerful words like, stupid. You can't say that. You're lazy. Oh, Lord, you can't tell them that. Got a little homeless girl that I've been helping. She came by the other day and she said, I got a job. That meant something to me. She went down, she walked, walked, and got, and she filled out an application, called her back for an interview. I think they're going to hire her. Isn't that exciting? But she wanted to come and tell me, thank you. That meant more to me than you'll ever know. So when's the last time somebody reached into your life to help you and you just took it like, that's what I'm supposed to get. Okay, okay. Tell them, thank you. When's the last time you told your mother, thank you for going through nine months of labor for me? Because they did. You ought to call her today and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't thank you, thank you, thank you. I thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank you more. I want to thank you more. I want to... I... You see, you've got nine months. Or however old you are, you've got that many years. Tell them thank you. Show appreciation. Put your arm around them and say, man, I so appreciate it. Be grateful. I see the clench in your teeth and says, about time. But verse 5 says that once you've helped them, it needs to be limited after that. Because verse 5 says they're supposed to stand on their own two feet. And if they refuse to stand on their own two feet, then they have made a decision themselves and let them move on because they'll use the next person and the next person and the next person and the next person and the next person. In verses 6 through 9. The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will, come, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Now these passages deal with believers serving the pastors, preachers, ministers of the church. You do a very good job with that. You do. You do an excellent job with that. I've been around here long enough to where we're just like old friends. You don't have any problem picking on me, laughing at me. And you know what? That's okay. But you've done a good job of helping take care of me and my family. And I will always be grateful for that. And I thank you. Thank you so much for the love that you give to us. And for the times of encouragement that I receive. That those emails I'll get just at the right time. That note that you write personally to me on the back of the connection card. Those words... Even when they come and they seem critical at the time, I don't take them critically. Not anymore. You're helping me see some blind spots that I may have still that I need to correct. I just turned 61 years old the other day. 
That's a, I feel like I'm an old guy. I told somebody that, I think it was Jean the other day, she goes, oh, you're just a pup. <laughs> well, she's 87, I guess so. It'd be like telling Ralph Branstetter, man, I feel old. He's 97, so, you know, or 98. <laughs> but I want to thank you for taking care of me and the family. But the essence of these verses is that when you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. When you sow abundantly, you reap abundantly. Always know that what you give goes to support ministry here and worldwide. And you do a great job. You do a great job. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart as your pastor of 22 years. Thank you so much. Because you've never backed up, you've never stopped, and you just keep on doing. Thank you. Let me get down to... In verse 7 it says, Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. We have to be careful because God said, Test me in this to see. And he's talking about giving. It's the only time he tells us to test him. So I would encourage you to do that. You ever heard it said that, boy, we, we need to, you don't want to not take care of the preachers because there's, a, there's a, a bad thing that happens on the backside of it? I don't know anything about that, but I do know that those that love their pastors and take care of them, there's extra blessings in their life because of it. So I want to thank you. Verse 10. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are the household of faith. Let us do good. Let us encourage. Let us accomplish good in their life. To them who are of the household of faith. You see, we need to reach outside the church, but we ought to also, it ought to be measured so quickly among what we do for each other. Amen? If you have a need, we want to know. We want to do our best to try to meet that need. Uh, anymore, as God has laid these things on my heart, I keep asking God for more resources so that we can help people here. Then we'll go outside here. But we want to help you. Let me give you, for instance, just not too long ago, someone had a financial need. One person in the church came to me anonymously and handed me some money and said, give this to this person. I don't know that that anonymous person knew that this other person had a need but when we were able to give that money to that person they sat in their car and cried for a pretty lengthy time and then shared later how much that came at the right time isn't that fun how God does that so you see that's what I'm talking about keep doing what you're doing we can increase we can do more and we will as God gives us opportunity and gives us resources. Amen? We will. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep doing it. Reaching into people's lives and helping them. So I want to close with five questions. Number one, are we demonstrating love by serving believers involved in sin? Are we, demanding, or are we demonstrating love by serving believers who are burdened? Are we demonstrating love by carrying our own load as best we can? Are we demonstrating love by sharing with the pastor? Number five, are we demonstrating love by serving all people, especially 
those who are saved. Pray with me, would you? Father, we thank you for this time this morning that we could just, for a brief moment, consider where we are in our walk with you. My prayer today, Lord, is that you will move among your people and you will do a mighty work in their life. And Father, they will sense your presence. They will sense an opportunity. And Father, if they've not been uh, giving as they should, that they will begin. If they're not serving the way they should, they should, they should begin. Father, perhaps they need to just do some repentance, reconciliation, reconnection. Maybe they need to accept you as their personal Savior for the very first time. If there's a decision to be made, would they make it today as we share this uh, hymn of invitation in Jesus' name? Amen.